Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous, not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm so happy you're here because today we're going to talk about finding your passion. Plus, I'm also going to share some of my favorite books for this idea of finding your passion and what you want to do with your life, what you're interested in, and all that good stuff. But before we dive into the core of today's episode, I wanted to remind you that This is your last chance to leave a review of my book if you want a signed sticker slash love note from me. So, of course, I am always so forever grateful if you leave a review of my book whenever you get the book, whenever you have a chance to, sometime in the future, um, whenever you feel called to. But through the end of the month of May 2021, when I'm recording this, I am personally sending out signed stickers to go inside your book. So it's like, I signed your book, but you know, because of the pandemic situation and just because of distance and everything, I unfortunately can't sign every single book, but I can send you a sticker. So if you would like that, all you have to do is go on Amazon or wherever you bought the book from and navigate to your orders and then leave a review there. Take a screenshot of it and upload it to this form that I'm going to link for you in the show notes. It's just a little type form where you just fill out your name and address and upload a screenshot of your review. That way I have all of your information to send you this signed love note sticker. So thank you just so, so much for... (sighs) 
gosh, I need to take a breath because I get overwhelmed with gratitude and I just talk so fast and it's also so weird to ask for reviews. But in the book world, and especially as a first-time author, those reviews just mean so, so much to me. And they help me grow. They help the gift of self-love keep on spreading. And I greatly appreciate your support in that. So again, I'll link that form for you in the show notes. All you got to do is leave a review, take a screenshot, fill out your info and upload it to us and we will send you a signed sticker to go inside your book. So without further ado, uh, let's get into today's episode about finding your passion and tips for doing that. So this inspiration actually came from a DM I got on Instagram where the person was asking me about how to find your passion. She's like, I love what you do. Clearly, you're really passionate about it, but I am you know, in college and I'm still struggling to figure out what I want to do with my life. And this got me thinking a lot because I think there's so much pressure, especially in our 20s, but even in like any stage of life, there's just a lot of pressure to constantly be like really, really excited about everything you're doing. (laughs) And I don't fully agree with that because I think it's really normal to sometimes be really lit up about what you're doing and other times just kind of go through the motions and you don't have to like spend your like I don't want you to think about finding your passion and then as a result miss out on the present moment you know and I think that especially when we're like you know after we get out of uh, grade school there's again all this pressure to make something of ourselves. And as a result, we're just like constantly chasing the next best thing. And this is somewhat related to this idea of happiness that I also don't 100% agree with. Look at me. I'm just starting shit left, right, and center. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I am hoping to present to you new ways to look at things so that you can approach them from a place of self-love and self-compassion. And, you know, whatever you do, that it's just coming from a good place that's not overwhelming. So in episode number 61, it's called Stop Trying to Be Happy and Do This Instead. It really explores this idea of happiness and why happiness has almost been sold to us as like this commodity and this thing we always have to be chasing. And again, I don't believe in that. I think there's a whole nother approach. And if you're interested in that, listen to episode number 61 after you listen to this one, because I got some gems in here for you. So anyways, as I mentioned, I don't really believe in looking for your passion because I don't think it's helpful. It's overwhelming, uh, daunting. And I think it's just, it's just a lot to ask, especially from young people who haven't even had a chance to explore what they're interested in or meet the right people or travel and just really get to know the world and their place in it. So it's just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to look for this one thing that you're passionate about and do that one thing for a living and make good money doing that one thing that you're super duper passionate about and love it and doing it for the rest of your life. I mean, that is truly such a new thing. Our parents, our grandparents did not grow up with that. This is like very much a modern day, I don't know if it's capitalism or if it's just the result of self-help being really popular these days. 
And yeah, we're just kind of sold this idea that whatever you do for a living, you have to love it. You have to put your all in it. Um, And if you're not, then you're somehow failing at life. But the truth is that that's not true. We're all multi-passionate creatures and finding your passion is not necessarily equivalent to finding your career. I just want to debunk that myth right away. Your career and your passion obviously can be related and they can be the same thing. And I'm very fortunate to feel that way about my own personal career. But there's also a lot of other things that I'm passionate about that I'm either doing now on the side or I see myself doing in the future and they have nothing to do with Mary's cup of tea. So maybe your job simply funds your passion and that's totally okay too. My ex-boyfriend's friend, he was a dentist and I remember, you know, asking him why he decided to become a dentist and he literally said, because dentists make bank. And I'm like, all right, heard. So of course, you know, medical professionals here in the United States, at least make a good chunk of money. And there's nothing wrong with going into something for the money, as long as you know, it's not going to like drain you or make you feel like you're selling out on yourself. Right. And the way that he described it is he was like, look, I love snowboarding and snowboarding is fucking expensive. And in order for me to have a hobby like snowboarding in these exotic places and beautiful resorts and traveling all over the world, I need a job that makes bank. And dentistry allows me to make money in order to fund my hobby. I think at this point he was only working like three or four days a week and literally snowboarding every single weekend. He's like, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional snowboarder, nor did I want to make money snowboarding. I didn't want to do it for a living because for a lot of people, once you start doing what you love for a living, like once your passion starts making you money, a lot of times people lose the passion for that because then they just see it as a job. So sometimes it's even good to separate those two things. And there's no shame in that. And there's obviously no shame in however you want to do your life. I'm just trying to like show you some other options. So I don't know, maybe you're passionate about dance, but you decide to make money doing something totally different so that you can spend the weekends at your company or at the theater. Or maybe you have some other job and then you want to pursue a passion or a hobby on the side, right? That's also an option. And you can find a way to like bridge that gap. But again, it's not necessary. So here's like the thesis of this whole podcast episode. Instead of trying to find your passion, I want you to instead focus on following your curiosity. If you simply focus on doing the things you're interested in and just exploring the things that ignite that sense of, ooh, I wonder what this is about, or I wonder what what this means or where this could lead me, right? If you just simply follow that like, ooh, feeling of curiosity, then chances are you're going to find your thing in no time. But the more you try to put pressure on yourself to find this big passion that's going to make you good money and make your parents proud and 
create the life that you've always wanted, then you're pretty much setting yourself up for disappointment. And I'm not trying to discourage anyone from following your dreams. If you have a dream and you know what direction you want to go, go for it. I'm speaking to the person who's just a little lost or stuck. And I don't want to like create unnecessary burden for you to feel even more lost or stuck. But now with this like overwhelm or like, I don't know, I almost feel like that approach can make us even more stuck, right? It's just like, I don't know. It's like any kind of pressure. Like sometimes we get paralyzed by it because, yeah, because I don't know why, because that's how my mind works at least is if somebody puts a lot of weight on me, then I I don't know what to do with it and I get overwhelmed and exhausted just thinking about it. So I believe that this idea of following your curiosity, I think I read this from Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, Big Magic. And she tells this beautiful story about how after she wrote the book, Eat, Pray, Love, you've probably heard of it. There's a book, there's a movie. It was like in Hollywood and everything. She talked about how after the success of that book and that movie and everything that came out of it, she felt really stuck and really lost in life because she felt like she could never live up to that success of Eat, Pray, Love. And because of that, again, added pressure, she couldn't work. She couldn't write anymore. And she did end up writing another book, but these are her words, not mine. She said that her draft was just awful. And I actually pulled up this story from Oprah Magazine. So I'm just going to read it to you. That way I'm not butchering it. She goes, I had produced a first draft that was dot, 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 awful. I'm not being falsely modest here. Truly, the book was crap. Worse, I couldn't figure out why it was crap. And moreover, it was due to my publisher. Demoralized, I wrote a letter to my editor admitting that I had utterly failed. He was nice about it, considering. He said, don't worry, you'll figure it out. But I did worry because for the first time in my life, I had absolutely zero passion for writing. I was charred and dry. This was terrifyingly disorienting. I couldn't begin to know who I was without that old familiar fire. I felt like a cardboard cutout of myself. Then my old friend Sarah, seeing me so troubled, came to the rescue with this sage advice. Take a break. Don't worry about following your passion for a while. Just follow your curiosity instead. This is where the story gets really good. She was not suggesting that I ditch my passion forever, but rather that I temporarily ease off the pressure by exploring something new, some completely unrelated creative endeavor that I could find interesting, but with much lower emotional stakes. When passion feels so out of reach, Sarah explained, curiosity can be a calming diversion. If passion is a tower of flame, then curiosity is a modest spark. And we can almost always summon up a modest spark of interest about something. So what was my modest spark? Gardening, as it turned out. Following my friend's advice, I stepped away from my writing desk and spent six months absentmindedly digging in the dirt. I had some successes, some failures. None of it really mattered, though, because gardening, after all, was just my curiosity, something to keep me modestly engaged through a difficult period. I just love the way Elizabeth describes this idea of following your curiosity. It just... I don't know. It just feels exciting. Like it feels doable. 
And guess what happens after that, by the way? So she starts gardening. And after she said six months, right? After about six months, she got the idea for her next book and wrote the whole book. It became a bestseller. And this is the best part. It's called The Signature of All Things. And it's a novel about a 19th century botanist. So she got like so into gardening and then exploring the plants and where they were coming from. And I believe she traced back the origins to somewhere in Europe and then decided to write this novel about the main character who's a botanist and teaches his daughter botany. There's obviously a lot more involved, but that was kind of like the first little spark to the flame which ended up being the next novel. So obviously Elizabeth talks about, you know, finding your curiosity specifically to writing and writer's block. And when I say follow your curiosity, I don't mean that your curiosity is going to lead to your next book, right? It's simply something to do, something to keep the wheels in motion. And the reason why this is so important is because clarity comes from action. Clarity comes from committed and inspired action. You are not going to figure out what you want to do just by sitting around and looking at other people on the internet. I know the internet may seem like the only place where you're going to find your creative spark, but it's only going to dull it. And so remember that clarity comes from action. Like, don't spend all your time sitting and thinking about what you're passionate about. Instead, just start trying things like sign up for classes, take up gardening, apply for a job. I don't know, volunteer, call a friend and like talk things through and ask, ask a lot of people about how they got to where they are, especially people that you admire. This is another like really important piece is that it's important to have a role model or even a mentor and your role model. Why is that? hard to pronounce role model your role model or mentor doesn't have to be like in person they can just be somebody that you follow on the internet and i want you to like really dig into this like who do you really admire what do you like about them or their life and try to pinpoint exactly what that is because Maybe, you know, somebody's life looks really glamorous, but you wouldn't trade places with them. And that's absolutely okay. But maybe there is something else that you like about them, whether it's, I don't know, the way they approach their work or um, their creativity or just who they are as a person. Like, get really, really specific. And as you're doing this, remember that sometimes comparing yourself can actually be productive. I believe I talked about this in a previous podcast episode, but basically not all comparison is toxic. Obviously, it can be toxic if you're constantly comparing just to like beat yourself up about everything you're not. But sometimes you can look to other people and find inspiration. If you're struggling with more of like the toxic side of comparison, then I highly recommend getting The Gift of Self-Love, my book. There's a whole section on um, dealing with comparison and conquering it and also shifting your mindset into something that's very productive or a lot more so productive. So highly recommend getting that, not to like 
plug my own book, but here I am plugging away. <laughs> so yeah, long story short, find a role model, whether they're in person or online, um, get really specific about what you like and feel free to like ask them questions about their journey or, you know, retrace their steps kind of like go backwards and be like, where did they start from? And you'll often find that when you read their stories or you talk to these people, it's just the most serendipitous moments combined into this beautiful way that resulted in them being where they are today, right? Like there is no one size fits all. There's no like A to Z kind of plan. Usually it's like A, Y, D, Q, P. And then it's just like all over the place until somehow you get to where you want to be. And even when you are where you want to be, that shit changes too. And you could be living your best life, loving every moment. And then at one point start feeling unfulfilled or like you need a change or like you're looking for something different and that's totally okay too. So keep that in mind too, that we all struggle with finding our passion. Like at all ages, my boyfriend's opened up to me being like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I remember my French teacher in high school used to say, and she was like 60 years old. I remember we celebrated her 60th birthday party when I was like a junior in high school. And she would say, yeah, I want to be a baker when I grow up. (laughs) And at this point she was teaching for like 25 years. And she always had her heart in baking and she would bake on the side and she would bake us treats. And, you know, she would do cakes outside of school. And then after she retired from teaching, she literally started baking full time. And then it feels like it's totally different. And that's totally fine. Like your your trajectory of your life can change at any moment. So in order for you to create these serendipitous moments that are just going to add up to this beautiful life story, you have to be doing stuff with your life. And chances are you're already doing stuff with your life. There's not a single person out there, at least not the people in my circle, that are just sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. And I highly, highly doubt that that's you. If that is you, give yourself time, space, and grace to feel sorry for yourself And then get back up and start exploring, start taking that committed and inspired action because that will bring you clarity and that's ultimately going to lead to your curiosity and that is going to lead to somewhere, something at some point, something you're passionate about. And that is such a beautiful journey. I have two more pieces of advice for you before we move on to book recommendations, but um, One of them is journal often, like write down every single idea you have, no matter how silly or small it may seem and get into that habit of idea generation. I really love this phrase idea generation because it is truly such a good practice. First of all, what you're doing when you're just writing down random ideas is you're training your brain to come up with ideas. And the more ideas you write down, the more ideas you generate, the more ideas are probably going to just come to you. And that is just like a beautiful creative process. Also, you're going to train yourself to have stupid ideas and be okay with that. Half of the ideas that I write down are things that are probably not that smart, are probably things I'm never going to do. 
are probably things that I could fail at if I tried to do, but I'm just going to write them down. Like one of my ideas was like move to Fiji and become a professional surfer. Could I do it? Maybe. Am I going to? Probably not. But it's an idea. It's a possibility. And get into the habit of letting possibility and like imagination live really strong in your psyche. This is something that gets just so shut down as we grow into adulthood. And I think idea generation is one of those ways to open up that door. I feel like I'm rambling. I don't know why I'm nervous today. It might be because I'm recording this podcast episode on a Sunday night. So I'm just not into my routine, not in my routine, but I feel like I'm like stumbling over my words and this is all over the place. I hope it's still okay. Okay. Let me get to this last piece of advice and then we'll move on to book recommendations. Um, There's an exercise that I do. I do it at my retreats and we do it in a very specific way in a group setting, but basically it's called what do I want? And you can do it by yourself and hopefully it'll have just as strong as an effect, just as strong. See, this is what I mean. I can't speak today. Just as strong of an effect. Basically, you're going to open up your journal and at the top, you're going to write, what do I want? And start writing down every single thing that you want. If it's hot sex, write down hot sacks. If it's cereal, write down cereal. And you're just going to write this list. And whenever you get stuck, you're just going to rewrite, what do I want? Question mark. And then start writing stuff underneath. And you'll find that the more you do this, again, it's like training your brain to let stuff out and to just write down every single thing that pops into your mind with no shame and no expectation. And the more you do this, the more you'll land somewhere. You'll find that one thing is coming up over and over and over again. And that one thing could be something as simple as cereal, which means maybe you want to eat or maybe you want to be a chef. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Or maybe the one thing is like hot sex. You keep writing that down. Maybe there's something about intimacy or something you want to explore there or yeah, just something relationship related. But whatever that is that keeps coming up, don't ignore that because that's probably a sign into some place that you can explore and some place that you can get really curious about. Uh, One thing that comes up for me when I do this exercise is I have always wanted to work at the United Nations. (laughs) And that comes up all the time that there's this part of me that doesn't see myself as being a business owner for forever. Or maybe there's, you know, just something else I want to do on the side or simultaneously. I don't know. We'll see how that looks. But the United Nations comes up a lot. And it was part of the big reasons why I chose a degree in economics, because I've always wanted to like work in that field, especially when it comes to like international relations and human rights and foreign diplomacy, that kind of stuff. So anyways, that comes up for me. So what did I do? I applied for a job at the United Nations. Did I get it? No, I did not. But guess who knows what's required to get a job at the United Nations? At least because of the fact that I applied, I did so much research. I kind of know the career trajectory. I know what's required. I know what I can do. You know, there are certain steps involved and I follow that curiosity. I just started scoping the internet and I literally applied to two positions. And 
yeah, it's not because I was looking to like ditch Mary's cup of tea. I'm not going to leave you. Don't worry. (laughs) It's not because I was looking for like this dramatic career shift, but more so because I was getting really curious about what I used to dream of when I was a teenager. And that just like kept coming back up. It kept calling me. I would stay up late at night and research job uh, job positions at the United Nations. I would read blog posts about what it's like to work at the United Nations, all that kind of stuff. And then I decided, hey, let me apply. And I went through that application process and I would do it again. Maybe we'll see at some point. So anyways, at least you're just putting the wheels in motion. Again, clarity comes from committed and inspired action. So hopefully this what do I want exercise helps you too should be pretty easy. It's just like journaling stream of consciousness. Now let's get into some book recommendations. If you are a soul seeker like I am, then chances are you probably read a lot and you're probably always looking for a new book to read that's going to uncover some part of you. And the number one book that I recommend for this finding your passion or now as we call it, following your curiosity The book that I love the most, and I'm currently halfway through it because I love it so, so much. Um, It's actually recommended by Elizabeth Gilbert. (laughs) That's how I found it. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it's basically, the subtitle is A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity. So it's all about unblocking those creative juices. And she has you do things like artist dates where you take yourself on a date once a week and you do something that you've always wanted to do, whether it's going to a museum or taking a class, a pottery, dance, language class, whatever that may be. You go through this workbook where you actually start putting pen to paper and you start taking that committed action. And the book is for anybody who identifies as an artist or creative, but as she explains in the book, like that could literally be for lawyers who she's worked with or doctors or accountants or people who aren't seemingly in creative positions, but have this creative spirit, which is all of us. So basically this book is for everyone, but I cannot recommend it enough. Please get it the artist's way, especially if you're like a creative soul. Um, book number two that I recommend is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. This is where I got that story that I read to you. And it's just such a great book for uncovering that magic inside of you that we all have, especially if you're feeling lost or stuck. Another book, I've recommended this before in that same podcast episode called Stop Trying to Be Happy, episode number 61, which I recommend you listen to after this. But um, the book is called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And if you don't know who that is, he is a Holocaust survivor and he writes this beautiful book. It's literally number one top charts in uh, like of all time. Literally, this book is like the number one book of all time. It's a book that I am going to read for the second time here shortly because it is just so good. It's all about finding meaning amongst adversity. And obviously his story is so inspiring and sorry, I get a little choked up when describing this book because I don't know how to describe it in a way that's going to do it justice, especially given the history um, 
you know, of the Holocaust and him being a Holocaust survivor, that combined with just the beauty and the message behind this book, it's truly something out of this world. Man's Search for Meaning, it's available everywhere. And I believe you can also get it as a PDF for free online. Like you can probably type in Man's Search for Meaning free PDF and even download it that way if money is tight right now. Highly recommend. Lastly, this is another like spiritual soul searching book is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, who's a Brazilian author. He's won many, many awards. You've probably seen this book and heard of it because again, it's like top charts. It's everywhere all over the world in every single language. Um, And it's basically a book about self-discovery and it's like that spiritual path. And talk about serendipity, like everything in this book, all the events in it, it's kind of like this It's a fiction novel, but it's a very spiritual book. Everything in it is like how one event leads to this other event, and they all just kind of come together in the most beautiful way. So anyways, I got a little esoteric there at the end, but I think that something like passion and creativity and curiosity is a very spiritual and individualistic journey. And I invite you to really give yourself permission to explore that continuously. There's never going to be a time where you're like, oh, I found my passion. This is it. This is all there is to life. I have made it. (laughs) There might be a moment where you feel like you've made it or you've accomplished something big or you feel like you're on the right track. And obviously those moments are wonderful and I'm so happy for you if you have a lot of those moments. But even amongst and in between those moments, there's going to be times when you're looking for something else or you're just searching inside yourself and you're still following that curiosity and looking for that passion, whether it's a passion within a passion or a totally brand new passion or all the different kind of passions. We're all on this journey, no matter where we're at in our lives, no matter how old we are, where we come from. It's just part of the human experience. So I hope you enjoy that human experience. I hope this episode helped you. Sorry about all the rambling. I think I'm just a little tired from the weekend and slightly dehydrated. So I'm going to go drink some water and I hope you get a chance to listen to some other episodes of the podcast and I'll talk to you next week. All right. Love you. Bye. One last thing before we farewell, if you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.